Well, I'm excited, kiddos, to have you in the room. The adults, I'm excited to have you here too, but I see you every week. So, um, Okay, kids, you probably already looked in your bags, but the adults might not know what's in your bags. And you might not know why these things are in your bags, kiddos. So let me, let me help you with that. So you'll see a couple um, pieces of paper and, uh, and there's a magnifying ba- uh, glass in this bag. And so this list of words, these are going to be words that I will either say in the sermon or it will be in our passage, Psalm 111. And then this coloring sheet has most, maybe even all of these words in there, um, as well as some other words. So you can color as, as you're listening. Uh, you can look with your magnifying glass if that helps you. But I want you to try and pay attention to um, these different words. And then the rest of the things in the bag, I will... I'll get to them as we go through this passage, but all of them somehow connect. So we're in Psalm 111. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. It will also be on the screen. And the, and the, the, uh, the topic, uh, the message of this psalm is just the steady goodness of God displayed in his works and God's people responding in praise. So I'm going to read this psalm for you, starting in verse 1. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them, full of splendor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They're established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All All those who practice it have good understanding. His praise endures forever. So the beginning of the psalm and the end of the psalm, it starts and ends with praise. But what does it mean to praise the Lord? Kids, what what do you think it means? Does any kid have a guess? Like, what does it mean to praise the Lord? Would anyone be so brave as to tell me? Yeah, Imogen. Yeah, so prayer, we we can praise God through prayer. Yeah, we can praise God through singing, which we've already done that. Praise means to tell love. It means to give. Uh, it can mean to confess. So another way to, to think what praise is, is it means to be thankful for God's blessings, right? And to declare uh, the, the, the good news, right? To God and to others. And that's really the theme of our day. Uh, as a church staff, we were just thinking about the end of the summer. How do we want to end just before everyone gets back into the, the fall and school routines and all that? And we, we said, man, we just need to praise God for what he has done this summer. And we started that with singing today. Uh, and then we've had different people share about what God has done. And throughout scripture, throughout the Bible, we're told we need to praise God. He is good. We need to remember together what he has done. We need to be thankful for his good provision, for his good work. And maybe you're like this. Maybe you know some people in life that they just seem to be thankful all the time, right? It's just kind of written into maybe their DNA. I don't know. They're just thankful about everything. The rest of us, it comes a little harder, like we gotta, we got to work a little bit more. It takes a little 
effort, right? There's some people that maybe even have a goal. I'm going to be thankful for three different things today. Or I've met people that have like a, a journal that they write in. They just, every day, they want to, they want to thank God for some things because they, they know that, that this, is, this is what God has told us to do, to be thankful. Um, and it isn't just good for us to do this by ourselves, like in our room uh, on our own maybe, or driving in the car. You don't drive it with your parents. Um, but notice what the author says. He says, I'll give thanks in the company of the upright in the congregation. And company doesn't mean like Google, right, or, or Nike. Um, maybe think of if your parents say, hey, we're having company over for dinner tonight, so go clean your room, right? My, that's what my parents used to say. And sometimes company didn't even come. I think they were just trying to get me to clean my room. Um, <laughs> But so, so our parallel today would be in our church, right? When we come together, let's come together and praise the Lord. Let's give thanks. Let's remember together. Let's remind each other of God's goodness. So one of the things in your bag is, is a puzzle, right? And it's a, it's a, you probably can't see this from there, but it's a heart-shaped puzzle. And the psalmist says, what about the heart? They say, with, with your whole heart. Give thanks. I'll give thanks with my whole heart. And this is something, this whole heart idea is something we find out, uh, find throughout Scripture, that God wants our whole heart, which that means he wants all of who we are, right? So being a, a Christian, loving God, isn't just a thing we do when we come to church on Sunday, right? It's not just a, a thing we do when there's uh, church people around. It's a thing. It's, it's how we live, right? So it's wherever we are, our whole heart, our whole self is about God. And the psalmist says, I'm going to give thanks with my whole heart. And, and I don't know if you've ever uh, opened a puzzle, right? Maybe it's, maybe it's a new one or maybe it's an old one. And you're putting it together um, with your family or with your friends. And, and obviously there's an exact amount of pieces, right? It's not like a Lego set where they give you some extras. There's an exact amount. So you get towards the end and I get nervous that like I'm running out of pieces, um, but it goes well when you get to the end and there's the exact amount. But have you ever ha had it happen where like a piece is just missing, right? You, you lost it somehow. Actually, this happened to us this last winter. Our dog ate a piece <laughs> and it was, yeah, I know. That's how I felt. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Blame the dog. There were, there were teeth marks. We could tell. Um, Anyway, it was a bummer, right? We worked on this puzzle. I don't even like puzzles that much. We're working on this puzzle, and our dog ate a piece. It was such, it was such a downer. Man, God wants our whole heart, right? He, he doesn't just want some of the pieces. He wants our whole heart, and that's what the psalmist says. I'm giving thanks with my whole heart. So kids, if you want to take that puzzle apart right now and try to put it back together, or if you want to color on it, like you, you could write praise the Lord, or you could write whole heart, whatever you want as we, as we go through this. But let's look at, a, let's look at verses two through seven here, because um, there's a, a repeated word in here, and I, I'm not talking about uh, the word and or um, or the, uh, but we have a slide that has, yeah, all of it here. It's, it's got two, three, four, six, and seven. So there's a repeated word in here, works. And I, I want you to try and find how many times the word works is in there. I'll give you just a little bit of time while I get a sip of water. Let's bring up the next slide because it shows us where, where the word works is in the next slide, right? It, it's all throughout. So here's what's going on in the Bible. When a word is repeated a bunch, the author is trying to tell us something, right? We're, we're supposed to zone in like, oh, they're saying that over and over again. So what does the work 
word works mean? Well, it's, it's what God does or what God has done, right? It's, it's actions of God. It's, it's deeds that God has done. So I think of his work in creation. Uh, I think of his saving work. I think of his work in providing for his people uh, and taking care of us. So verse two tells us about these works. It says his works are great, right? Not average, not okay, not decent. No, his works are great. And they're so great that, that people delight in them. And then it says they study God's works. They delight in so much they study God's works. So kids, you're starting school soon, some of you tomorrow, maybe some the next week. How many of you will study without being told? Raise your hand if that's you. And there's no shame in that. Yes, I like that. I see that hand. Yeah. So some of you will just, you just love, I don't know, math. And you're like, I'm going to do some math problems. Actually, our bass player, Joel, does that on vacation, he told me. I think he's crazy, but he does it for like hours. He loves math, right? Or maybe you love science, so you'll, you'll do that. And maybe some of you kids are like, I'm not doing homework if my teacher doesn't tell me to. That was me growing up, right? There's no way I was going to do homework. But I bet you study other things. Like I, I've heard that some of our kids, we have some kids here that are super into insects, right? So you, you maybe go to the library and get books on insects, or you watch YouTube and, and, and learn about insects, and you go capture insects, and, and you figure out, oh, okay, this insect's a Japanese beetle, something or other, I don't know, obviously. Um, but you, you study it because you like these things, or maybe you take piano lessons, kids, and, and, and you go to lessons each week, and your teacher gives you homework for the week, but you don't just do that, you don't just practice that, you go to YouTube, or maybe you have an app on, uh, on your iPad that, that helps you learn even more. Or maybe what you're into is sports, right? You're into basketball or tennis or, or, or soccer, something like that. And, and you read books from the library about all these athletes and what they've done. Or you go and you watch highlights and you see how they do that layup or how they, how they hit that shot. And then you go outside and practice it. Why do you do it? You do it because you love it. And that's, that's kind of what the psalmist is saying here. He says the works of God are studied by, by, by his people that, that delight in his great works. Verse 3 goes on to explain those great works. He uses a couple different words. He says they're full of splendor and majesty, right? Meaning what God has done isn't just average. It's incredible. And he gives an example in verse 5 uh, of, of work that he's done for his people. He provides food. So I, I gave you trail mix. Um, and, and I, I tried to get something that's both good for you and, and sweet. There's more candy coming later, but God provides food. And my, my hunch, my suspicion is that this right here, he's referring back to the Exodus when they're in the wilderness, right? You might remember God's people escaping slavery from the Egyptians. They're in the wilderness. They need food. And God provides manna, this, this kind of bread-like thing. He provides quail, which I was, I wanted to get quail in your bags, but it just didn't work out. So I got you trail mix instead. But verse six, verse six that says that God has shown the power of his works in giving them the inheritance of the nation. So that's what these gold coins are about. And you know, these aren't gold. These are chocolates, which is awesome. These are imported all the way from Cannon Beach, Oregon, because we couldn't find any around here. Um, but these, these gold coins make, make me think of, of an inheritance. When I think inheritance, I think of like, I don't know, maybe your great uncle, 
Pete. Like, he passed away, and, and he wanted to bless your family. So I don't know if he gave you money or some family heirloom that's worth a lot, but, but Uncle Pete leaves something to you. And here the psalmist talks about God giving an inheritance to, to his people. He gave Israel uh, the, the, the land that was not theirs, the promised land, land that was occupied by other nations. But the Bible talks about inheritance way beyond just this psalm, or even in the psalms, right? It talks about the inheritance that, that, that God's people will, will get. Why? Because we're his family, right? When we believe in Jesus, he's adopted us and made us his own, right? So we, we celebrate, right? We celebrate just like if Uncle Pete gave your family something awesome, I don't know, a new car or, or, or money so you could go to Disneyland. I have no idea. Something great, you would celebrate it. Um, let's keep going here. Verses uh, 7 through 10. I'm, I'm going to read these. And there's, there's uh, another uh, word that's going to come up. Actually, there's a couple words that will come up. But I, I want you to pay attention to where it says forever. Okay, verse 7. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who practiced it have good understanding. His praise endures forever. So we see that word forever in there multiple times. Verse 3, we even saw it. His righteousness endures forever. Verse 5, uh, he remembers his covenant forever. And, and, and covenant is, is a big word that we don't use much except for in church. Uh, a covenant, uh, I think a simple way to think of it is, is two partners uh, who, who make a promise, right? They make this binding promise together. They're going to work together towards this covenant common goal. So we, we see ultimately in scripture that God promises to, to be the God of his people and the people promise to be, uh, the people promise that they will be his. And in order for that to work, Jesus had to come, right? Jesus had to die for our sin and raise from the dead so that we can be forgiven, so that we can be made right with God, so that we can be adopted into his family. So we read about this, this new covenant um, in scripture where we receive the forgiveness of sins and God's empowering spirit to help us live for him. That's so, so good. And, and that endures forever. Verse seven, it says, the works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts, like, uh, his, his ways, his laws, his commands, they're trustworthy. And then it says they're established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and, and uprightness, right? The, the world, our world changes what it values a lot, right? And adults, you know what I'm talking about. Like we just, it, it just seems like things we never thought would be are, are, are now full-on mainstream, right? If we're honest, though, we change our minds about things too, right? We, we can get finicky, but man, God doesn't change his mind. God doesn't change his ways. And, and actually, that's something that, that calms me. Kids, um, you have one of these in here. I think it's called a fidget popper, I think, something like that. Um, oh, my bad, clearly. I'm not a kid. Pop it is what it's called for all of you that thought it was a fidget popper. So these poppets, um, I think in theory, they're supposed to like calm you down. And I will say, <laughs> I will say the more I do it, it's kind of satisfying. Like they make it, yeah, right? They make this little pop sound. And it, I, I can't actually explain why it does kind of chill me out, but it does. Um, anyway, uh, most of it I think is marketing though, to sell these to you kids or to sell them to your parents. Um, but man, I thought of this, actually Alyssa helped me think of this uh, because 
that God doesn't change because his promises are forever, that's what actually gives me peace. Like that's what actually calms me down. So verse, verse nine, it says, he sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Right? He reminds us like, no, this is my covenant. I've commanded this. I'm not changing this. As satisfying as that might be, that little poppet, man, that's what actually gives me peace. That's what gives me hope. Verse 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have good understanding. His praise endures forever. So um, we're told that that what God has done, what God will do, will be forever praise. It will be forever worthy of praise. So I don't know, have you been somewhere where there were people cheer, right? Like maybe you've been to a concert or um, maybe you've been to a sporting event. I've even actually been to the movie theater a few times, like maybe three, four, five times. I've been to a movie that was so good that people started clapping at the end as if the actors were in front of us and we could thank them, right? It was weird, but I also joined in because it was a good movie. Um, I've been to, shocker, I've been to some sporting events where people cheer, right? I've been to, this might seem like it's not true, but I've been to Trailblazer playoff games where they win and, and, and we cheer, right? I went to one a few years ago and Dame hits a shot at the buzzer. I won't relive the whole thing for you, but Dame hits the shot. I'm high-fiving people I've never seen before. I was tempted to hug people. I didn't, but I, like we were so excited. And, and as you leave a game like that, you, you're, you're exiting the, the Moda Center, the arena, and people are cheering, let's go Blazers. And dude, I'm the loudest one there because I'm so hyped. And you get into the parking garage and you're still cheering, let's go Blazers. You get in the car and you're going down the freeway. People are honking, not because they're mad at you, not because you're driving slow, but the Blazers won. Right? So I get home that night. Guess what I do? I talk to my whole family about the game, right? Over the next few days, if I see someone that I think maybe has heard of the Trailblazers, I talk to them about the win. But eventually, it's over, right? Eventually, the cheering stops. Even if the Blazers someday, hopefully in my lifetime, win a championship, then there will be a parade in Portland. I will go, and we will cheer. But the, the cheering will end, it will be over. It'll be time for the next thing, but not that way with God's praises. Right? God's praises will be forever. So I gave you these little round candies. Right? Don't, don't chew these because I think this really could hurt your teeth and I don't want to be held liable for that. So these are called uh, everlasting gobstoppers. Right? And they call them that because you suck on them and they really do take a long, 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 long time. But, but they don't last forever. Right? They should be called like, really, 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 really long-lasting gobstoppers, not everlasting. They don't last forever, right? Only stuff of God lasts forever. God is eternal. His promises are eternal. We will forever celebrate God. We will forever praise him, right? We will praise him for, for remembering the agreement that he made, the covenant with us, that he sent Jesus so that we could know him. We'll praise him for his love being forever. Like that, that is what helps us. This fidget popper, it's fun. Someday, trust me, you will forget about it or your parents will throw it away and you won't know. Um, but, but man, 
what, what really calms me, what really gives me peace, what really gives me a reason to praise is God. So let me pray. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you that, that your praises are, uh, will be forever. We praise you, God, that, that you have made uh, a way for us to know you. And God, I pray that we would trust in you, God, that we would live for you, Jesus. It is in your name we pray. Amen.